when you create positive emotion, it spreads out at least two to three degrees. So I have a positive experience with you. The next person that calls on the phone is going to have a positive experience with me. They're going to have a positive experience with someone else. And it actually doesn't drop off until like the third connection. host and Emily Ken. And before we start with today's show, please remember to visit mindset.zone. Yes, instead of .com, it's .zone. There you can find all the episodes and other amazing resources, all at mindset.zone. Today, Our special guest is Joanna Brandy. For more than 30 years, Joanna has had the opportunity to look under the hood of hundreds of companies who aspire to higher levels of customer and employee loyalty. She became an authentic happiness coach almost 20 years ago when she studied with Dr. Martin Seligman the father of positive psychology. Joanna is also an accomplished keynote speaker and is a pleasure to have her here. So welcome to the Mindset Zone, Joanna. Such a pleasure, Anna. And uh, I enjoy speaking with you about all topics related with happiness, positive psychology. And in one of the previous conversations, you were speaking about this that you call positive spillover effect. Tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah, it's such an exciting concept. And I see it in the companies that are doing everything they can to build a stimulating, enriching, positive culture. You know, the kind of culture that the employees love being part of and the customers love being part of. So this kind of culture is one that's built on strengths, goodness, values, sometimes fun. Um, and, and these cultures seek to elevate people to invite them to be the best that they can be. That it's, you know, and you know exactly what I'm talking about. It's the kind of energy that builds up when you get a whole lot of positive people together who are looking towards the future, who are looking towards creating things together. Now, what happens with that energy when it, it, it's really an energetic principle? What happens with that energy from that kind of culture is it spills up and outside the culture. So when, when a customer deals with this kind of a company, the customer leaves feeling great and they go on and the next two or three interactions they have are pretty good. And that positive energy spreads out. When employee goes home from this kind of a culture, they're not drained of their energy like they are in cultures that are a little bit more toxic. What they, I call it an energy gain. It's an energy gaining culture because as people build on each other's ideas, as people feel good being with one another, they're having fun being with one another. There's a sense of pride. Uh, again, they get to use their strengths every day at work. They go home at the end of the day, they have energy left over for themselves, for their families, for their hobbies, for their communities. Even vendors as suppliers benefit from dealing with this kind of company because they're great to deal with. So I have, that's actually the one of the keynote exercises I do when I speak at Vistage groups, which are generally all CEOs or the next person down from the CEO. I actually have created the, an exercise where we chart what a positive culture does. 
So there's a little circle in the middle that says positive culture. And then out from that, all of the different things that occur. So we have positive employees, we have positive customers, we have positive communities, and then everything that comes out from that. And the best part of the exercise, I give them a good period of time to do this, and I've created a little future map for them to draw on. The best part of the exercise is the end, because I tell them to look over every single thing they've written there and put a dollar sign everywhere where they've either made money or saved money by having a positive culture. And it's so fun to watch their faces. I was sitting, I was up in Buffalo last week. That's where I got this little sore throat. Um, I was up in Buffalo last week doing two Vistage groups and I was sitting directly across from this one very tall CEO. And I walked right up to him and I said, okay, what's the result? And he looks up at me, and goes, oh my God, every single thing that comes out of this culture makes us money one way or the other. He got so excited, his entire face lit up. So that's the pos- long explanation, but that's the positive spillover effect at work. So it's like, I mean, the exercise that you do is at the core is that culture, is the center of that kind of a mi- almost a mind map. And then all the things that spill over from there. So it's a great visual representation of if you build the right culture in the company, this is going to spill over in a positive, this positive spillover effect in all the other dimensions in a positive way. Love it. Absolutely. And there is some research, some of the research was done at Harvard and other places as well, as well, is that when you create positive emotion, and you may know the answer to this, when you create positive emotion, it spreads out at least two to three degrees. So I have a positive experience with you. The next person that calls on the phone is going to have a positive experience with me. They're going to have a positive experience with someone else. And it actually doesn't drop off until like the third connection. Love it. Love it. And I was when you start to explain this concept, I immediately thought about the reputation that the uh, Southwest Airlines built <laughs> of being a fun place, a fun company, the quirky kind of announcements, but was a lot about, okay, we can relax here and about that culture of positivity. Exactly that kind of culture. I have to say, though, that the flying during COVID experience changed things. Has changed that. Yeah, that changed that a little bit because I've flown on Southwest twice and it's a little different. It's not as light. And I was, I flew them when people had to wear masks. So they were, you could see that they were a little bit more guarded, almost, almost getting ready for confrontation as opposed to the lighthearted. And it, you know, it really broke my heart to see that. I'm hoping now that the mask mandate is gone and they don't have to, you know, impose that on people, that people will be kinder back to them. Yeah. But this is because this is the reality. The COVID was a big, <laughs> big splash of reality yeah, in a concentrated yeah. way. But the reality is that in our lives, in the company's cycles, there is rough times. There are a merger yeah. or an acquisition. There is their target market for some reason. There is something that happened or changing the leadership or whatever it is in a company or in the personal life of a person that really throws the proverbial curveball. Yeah. 
uh, and we also know from positive psychology that negative emotions are very strongly felt. I usually give the image, think about negative emotions uh, because of the survival mechanisms. They are designed to trigger something very strong. I like to compare, it's like if you are eating and you bite a spicy chili pepper, you know that you bite the spicy chili pepper. There is no doubt in your mind. Right, you right. feel it in all, almost all cells in your body. So negative emotions are very uh, designed to, okay, if there was a lion, we had to run or to fight it. So uh, that is what it is. And the positive emotions are more subtle to the point that sometimes we are not aware that we are feeling them. I like to compare, continue the culinary metaphor here to having a nice meal with friends. We can having a great time, enjoying greatly, but we are not necessarily aware, oh my gosh, this is one of the best meals that I have. And that makes the, what we know of positive psychology that we have to cultivate much more the positivity to balance the negativity. So when, and we know the power of positivity, we know that spillover effect, but when there are these things like we are describing, the crisis of the COVID-19 that affect, for instance, the culture of the Southwest Airlines that they could not be so fun and giggle like before, because there was a very serious thing that they had to deal and incorporate in what they were doing. And we could discuss, maybe there will be creative ways or keeping their branding and their culture while doing that. But my question for you, because you work with so many companies that went through this kind of a crisis, how can they recover? How can they deal with all these curveballs and come back in the other side stronger and cultivate that positivity? Well, first of all, they're in the habit. And, and positive cultures have a lot of positive habits. So they're in the habit of appreciating people on a regular basis. Mm -hmm. They're in the habit of communicating frequently, whereas other kinds of companies, they may not communicate as frequently. And so what happens when there's any kind of unexpected thing going on is that people make stuff up. So if there's not good, consistent communication, with as positive a spin on it as possible. We don't want to, we, we don't want to, you know, put the rosy glasses on because that's not a good idea. We don't want toxic positivity. And I think that's really important. Um, there's, there are some people that teach positivity that, you know, the smiley face, the little yellow smiley face thing that they're not dealing with reality. So there has to be, you know, there has to be a good balance, but the companies that do that well have already built in some of the habit patterns. They frequently speak to their employees. They frequently ask employees to bring their strengths to work. They frequently um, communicate their appreciation. I know people can't see us, but I can see you and I know there's something you want to say. Because this is one of your favorite topics, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> And these are finding fascinating because in the work you are working with these organizations like the Chief Happiness Officer really bringing that positivity culture. So I mentioned that when you work with a company that already have at least the blueprint before of positivity in their culture, it's easier for you to help them leverage that 
then if you are calling to a company that may be the leader, the CEO, listen about you or read the book and really want to bring that culture, but the underpinning kind of things is not open lines of communication, it's not focusing on the strength, you, you have to start really, it's more work. It is more work because they, they have to be taught the basics. But what I'm, under, what I'm seeing now is that, especially with younger leaders, they're open. There's more openness now because the old ways just don't work. And as people are losing their employees because the old ways aren't working, I'm seeing an openness that I haven't seen in a few years. So it's, it's I like it. I, I like their, their ideas. Even the word happiness is being accepted a little bit more in the business world. And that's always been a uh, an upward climb for me. My website is Return on Happiness to make the point that there, just like you have return on investment, there's going to be a positive return. But the word happiness uh, does upset some people because they 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 don't know how to frame it. So I like positive culture or positivity. I like those words a little bit better because people don't carry so much of their own um, uh, connotation. You know, they they. They, they're not carrying just this idea that happiness, happiness is not just a state of mind. It's a state of body, it's a yeah. state of body, mind. And, and one of the things that I put forth very quickly when I do these, these three-hour presentations, especially, is the chemical, is that, you know, you have a feeling and it creates a chemical and the chemical creates a different set of reactions. So when you're creating positive feelings, you're creating the kinds of chemicals that expand your ability to be creative, that expand your ability to be adaptable. And, and so when, when people are under the influence of positive emotions, they're better able to deal with this changing landscape in business that we have. And, and they're so much more creative. Yeah, because that is the survival value of the positive emotions that yeah, Barbara yeah. Fredrickson uh, really managed to articulate in a way that, in a framework that really make a lot of sense is that, yes, negative emotions usually have uh, immediately survival value and mm -hmm. positive emotions is that more long term because we become more exactly. open, we become building more relationships, building resources, and is that long-term kind of gains, but it's also uh, the, um, the nurturing the place for people being more creative, innovating, and uh, really building something that uh, um, is much more expansive. Great way. It's a great way to put it. I've studied with Barbara, and I fell in love with her broaden and build response. You know, just the idea of it. And I'm such a, um, well, you can see I'm Italian. My hands just keep on going on here. But when you think about it, you know, when the right hemisphere of the brain and the left hemisphere of the brain begin communicating better together, which is what happens when the brain is in a state of positivity, all of a sudden, you can, it's so expansive that your peripheral vision opens up too. So when I'm speaking about this, I'm all hands and arms and, and, and because the idea that your brain opens up to me is so fabulous because I studied years back with Ned Herman about the right brain and the left brain. So this idea of how the, the, the uh, parts of the brain work together. 
to give you the, the fullest expression that you can have is, is just so fascinating to me. And I think people, one of the examples that I give exactly because we know that when we speak about this, when we teach about these things, as more experiential we can be, more people absorb and feel uh, <laughs> these yes, things. Yeah. Uh, one example that I like to give is that uh, if we are... Um, working in a project under a deadline and there is lots of stress and uh, the deadline is coming, we have to finish the project and we need a number uh, that we know that was an article that we read of something. There is a piece of data that we need uh, and we know that we have that paper somewhere in our desk, but we go all over the place and we don't find it. We really get stressed out. And then suddenly we receive a phone call of a friend. We pick the phone, we relax a little, we even laugh to one of our jokes. And then we hang out the phone and suddenly our eyes see the paper that we had looked everywhere and didn't have saw yes. before. Or Absolutely. if people lost the car keys or lost the sunglasses, is when we are in the tension, we see the final vision. Well, when yeah, we yeah. Because if there was a, if there really was a danger, yeah. we need to have that focus. I was, um, I tell a story about being out in the woods with a very unenlightened boyfriend who took me camping <laughs> in an area where there were bears and everywhere there were signs that said, watch out for bears. Well, there was no way to focus on anything else other than, you know, that narrow focus. Do, do you see bear scat on the ground or are there branches that are broken all of a sudden all you do you can't think about how beautiful it is or how sweet smelling the pine is or any of that stuff because you're too busy looking for a bear and i love that example because it shows that that skill of focusing is needed in some circumstances and exactly. it's good yeah the problem is that we so often stay stuck on it and we don't have the flexibility to move to the positivity. And I think a lot of the work you do in companies is creating that flexibility, that resilience that mm -hmm. allow people uh, proactive, choose what is the best way of operating depending on the circumstances. Absolutely. We, and it's funny, we do, I just finished a, a program with uh, 12 young leaders who took my electronic course and I did coaching with them for 10 weeks. And when, when, we, when it was all done and we were sort of processing what happened and how they felt and how they changed and all that, almost every one of them said something about using the breath because I am very big on teaching some breathing techniques to make that space. Because when you get tense like that, when you can't find the paper that you're looking for, you're not going to find it in the state you're in. So to me, the greatest state changer that there is, is the capacity to breathe, is Absolutely. to take that deep breath, is to exhale all that nervous energy and take a big inhale and clear the decks. And, and I just love the fact that these young leaders are now incorporating breathing into what they do on a daily basis to make their days a little bit easier. They're in a high pressure business. Absolutely. And the power of the breath uh, is, is something we are doing all the time. Otherwise, we will not be here. So it's something that, oh. but is the, that power, it's like the blinking. We can out, we blink is a way of keeping our eyes healthy, but we also can voluntarily close and open our eyes. It's something that happens involuntarily, but we also can have 
voluntary control over it, like the blinking of the eyes. Exactly. Breathing exactly. is similar. Thank God we don't have to be conscious to breathe. And at the same time, we can use the power of our consciousness and our awareness to pay full attention in our breathing and modulate our breathing. And it's one of the fastest ways of modulating our nervous system. That is absolutely fantastic. And everybody can learn it how to do it. Oh, absolutely. And one of the things that has always fascinated me is that, you know, in business, we're always talking about systems, but it isn't until very recently that we started talking about the human system. We talk about the fulfillment system and the marketing system and this system and that system. And finally, at least in the work I do, finally, we are talking about the human system and how the human system works so important because we actually do business with human beings most of us and it's one if not the most important asset that the business has and we yeah. really have to learn to tap into the i call it tapping into our human potential because we mm -hmm. really are leaving so much on the table when we don't do that exactly and if there's a gift in covid and i think there are many gifts you and i could probably talk for a half hour on the on the gifts that we found in covid but one of them is that leaders now know that they have to treat people differently, that they have to listen more carefully, that they have to do more to be empathetic, to be compassionate, to understand what's really going on with that human. And that's a gift. And I would totally agree. And at the same time, there is a danger because we are also very good as human beings to revert to previous patterns that we are uh, yeah, used yeah. to. Yeah, that's uh, true. <laughs> and what I'm seeing now post-COVID is almost a knee-jerk reaction of everybody's very, very, very busy. Everybody has to almost... Is there is um, the anxiety that was there during the COVID is just transforming in a different type of chronic anxiety out there, and people are not pressing the pause button and say, "Okay, what can I learn from this? Wow. What happened, and how can I grow forward and then really take advantage of this as an opportunity?" So. I would like to go a little bit to that pressing the pause button that you refer a moment ago, because one of my favorite quotes, I think you are familiar with, between stimulus and response, yeah. there is a space. Yeah. In that space, our power to choose our response, exactly. in our response lies our growth and our freedom. I absolutely, it's one of my favorite quotes because I think the secret for us to tap into the positivity, to cultivate positivity, to learn, to be more resilient, is to learn how to press the pause button that allows us to create that space, that allows us to make, to be proactive. Exactly. And I, I think that's the difference between reaction and, and response. And when we have response, we have the ability to choose. When we react, we don't have that. We don't have that pause. We're, uh, we're doing the knee-jerk thing. Or we're, we're allowing our brains to go back into primitive mode. We're responding from the primitive brain as opposed to the, the well-developed you know, brain that we need to, to, to deal in today's world. So I, I agree with you there. That's so important is to take that pause. There's an exercise. Um, I've been doing a lot of videos uh, to, my, to my list. And I just this last week released one called the power pause. 
And that has been used so successfully by my clients to take that pause, to pull back from a situation and give themselves maybe even two minutes if they need it to say, okay, how am I feeling? Ah, how do I want to feel? That's the difference. How do I feel? How do I want to feel? How can I get there? Because that, that moment makes such a difference, especially if you're trying to manage a lot of stress. And people have that illusion that, oh, I cannot stop to take that breath. I, I cannot know. stop that two minutes because they feel that they are juggling. Uh-huh. And uh-huh. if they stop, everything is going to crumble down. And what they don't realize, even let's think people, one of the metaphors that I think it relates better with executives is sport metaphor. Think about game, basketball, football, whatever you want, why they have the times out. And that's a great thing to bring up. And it's two minutes, it's not two minutes in most sports. They are very short, but they can make all the difference when the coach called timeout because they are seeing the team going downhill and they have to bring them back together again and restart. Exactly. And that's, so that's if, exactly if, what it is, time out. <laughs> if professional teams can do it, and it's so important, yes. why are companies, the leaders in companies, not using that more often? You know, I don't know. Sometimes I think it's because when people get on a roll, they're afraid if they stop, they're going to lose the roll. The flow, the whatever. And sometimes I know that from my own process. If I'm in flow, I know I should be getting up every 45 minutes and stretching. I know I should be getting more water. But when I'm focused, I just want to keep on going. Absolutely. And I think there is some flexibility there because when I'm in that creative mode that you we are speaking yeah. before, yeah, I can go, but I know that I have a limit. For me, it's 90 minutes, max two hours after that. And the same thing. Yeah. And this has to do the ultra-diane rhythms that we have because after that time, we really, okay, some people maybe can go a little bit longer in certain circumstances, yes, but we need pauses. Oh, we certainly do. Uh, when I'm doing repetitive tasks, I need that pauses more frequently. Is the Pomodoro, the 25 minutes I love for the more repetitive kind of uh, uh, checklist kind of things. If it's creativity, I I need because almost I need like the 20. And we know this from psychological studies. We almost need 15 to 20 minutes just to get into the flow. So it doesn't make sense to stop it. But knowing that there is a, a point that our flow needs a break. I use uh, music when I do that now. I've started using music and uh, I, so I can set it for 90 minutes. Yes. And then when the music goes off, I'm like, oh, <laughs> where did that go? <laughs> is that, it's the signal. And that is the, the small tricks. Or they say, how can we, things that we already do and even use uh, things like Emmy Sync that help us to see, uh, huh? to sync uh-huh. our brain waves and other other techniques and the apps in the phone or in the computer that we can install. Uh, But what is the small or the structure of the day in a company? What are the little things that we can do in order to set us up for cultivating positivity to a performance, high performance? Because we will, we can produce more meaningful things we can be less stressed and out of the over constant overwhelm 
and that naturally will have a consequences in the culture and in the team relationships. Exactly, exactly. The theory that I work on with my clients is that we're optimally, we need a five to one positivity to negativity ratio. But most of us don't have a way of really embodying that to begin with because we're, the feedback that I've gotten especially from CEOs and especially from CEOs who are a little bit older is, oh my God, if I praise people that much, I'll have to pay them more money, <laughs> which is okay. Uh, but it's not just about praise. It's, it's, it's looking for things that you appreciate. It's giving people praise. It's working with their strengths. It's giving them the opportunity, giving them opportunities. So what I, when I start out something very, very, very basic and simple, we do an appreciation audit. So for a couple of weeks, I have a little notepad. I ask people to stop what they're doing three to five times during the day and take a moment, take a breath and think about three to five things they appreciate and write it down and then repeat that. Now, I, I like habit stacking. So I said, you know, do it when you when you go to get fill your teacup or when you get more water or you fill up your coffee cup or you go to the restroom, you know, think about three to five things you appreciate. Writing them down is a good practice to start with. If someone does that, over a period of a week or two, what begins to happen to the brain, because you're focusing the brain differently, is you find more things to appreciate. Absolutely. So now there are more things for them to discuss with their team. There are more things for them to say. And of course, it feeds their own positivity. So they're now in a different biochemical state in their own bodies. And, and, and that begins to happen with everybody that's around them. And it's so simple. And I get so much resistance. It's really interesting. And because they have to try and what they don't understand until they do it is that that is going to produce people are in their jobs. Yes, for the paycheck. Absolutely. And they like to feel that they are doing something that is meaning, that is Absolutely. meaningful, that has a yeah. purpose. Yeah. And part if the leader managed to cultivate that then people want to go to their workplace because they feel that they are doing something special. And it's more, it's more important now. Meaning and purpose is more important now than ever. And COVID taught us that. Uh, absolutely. And, and that takes one me, of the gifts. Yes. And that uh, takes me back just to one of my favorite authors, Viktor Frankl and thinkers in the man searching for meaning is classical book is all about that search for meaning that search for purpose so where people can learn more about you well my website my main website is returnonhappiness.com i have a separate website for my electronic program and that's positiveenergizer.com because that's what you become when you learn how to do these things you become an energizer yeah. So that people are going home at the end of the night with more of that positive energy. So uh, returnonhappiness.com, positiveenergizer.com. And I do have a special report at returnonhappiness.com slash happy place. Happy place. So I will, you will send me all that links. I'll send you I, all the links. And I will future. make sure that I put them all in the show notes that oh, will be associated with this episode. That would, that would be great. That would be great. Because I think I, I think we're at the time right now where people are ready to hear. And it's we have the same message. You know that. And I think people are ready to hear it. And I think people are ready to accept that the workplace can be better than it's ever been before. 
It can be a very enriching environment. It can be a fun environment. And it's a place where we can be challenged and grow and be supported and, and maybe feel loved. Agree totally. Yeah. A pleasure to have you here. Thank oh, you so thank much you. for your time today. Thank you for the invitation. I really appreciate it. And I feel honored. So thank you. Expanding possibilities. The Mindset Zone. Thank you for listening. And remember to visit mindset.zone. Yes, instead of .com, it's .zone. There you can find all the episodes and other amazing resources. All at mindset.zone. As always, I'm so grateful you are here. Expand what's possible for you, for the ones around you, for the world. <laughs>